You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y And welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. And just props to my radio announcer sounding hubby who does our intro, if you don't know that. Thank you, Greg Turney. Welcome to today's show. And I'm going to kick it off with this question. What would you do if you suddenly lost your home and all of your worldly possessions in a flash? Well, our today's guest is going to answer that question about what he did. His name is Rich German. He is a dear friend of mine who lives about 15 miles towards the ocean as the crow flies. And during this interview, he's sitting in his home with a view of the ocean. If you're in our GFR squad, you'll get to see video of him. And he answers this question and then shares about his journey to ultimately giving in, embracing his purpose of saving the planet. And I'll tell you, it wasn't until all of the leading conservationist organizations in the world were calling him because of something that happened to him that he decided to share about. It wasn't until they were all calling him that he had that aha moment. But, you know, we've all had that aha moment, that, that moment where we it bubbles up, excitement bubbles up. We confess to ourselves, this is what I'm really meant to be doing, and then we don't fucking do it. And we ignore that, and we ignore that, and we ignore that. So if that's you, I've been there. If that's you, my intention is that this episode creates a little bit of a wedge in the door of possibility, and it holds it open for a little bit longer until possibly you take some action around that. Rich garnered international media attention from a close encounter he had on his paddleboard, which I'm going to let him tell you about in the episode, that led to him starting his foundation called Project O, whose mission is to help restore, protect, and sustain the ocean, the life living in it, and all of humankind now and for generations to follow. Before that, he thought that he had landed where he was going to land with his dream business called JV Insider Circle, which he still is now holding space for, but it is not his top priority. (laughs) The ocean is. And this business was his dream business because he had the freedom that he always wanted from this business, but he realized it wasn't his calling. He's going to share with you how he was able to let go of his full focus of the seven-figure business onto the ocean. It's a pretty amazing story. 
He's also an avid stand-up paddleboarder. He paddles off the coast, right, actually, two blocks from his house, which I visited in Laguna Beach. And his greatest love is the ocean and all of the life living in it and has taken a bunch of his beautiful photos of dolphins and whales and published a book that is also part of a fundraiser called The Blue Laguna. This was at first just a passion project and then became so much more. And I invite you to come along with me on the journey that is the birth of this purpose and him owning it. My friend, Rich German. Hello, my friend Rich down the road in Laguna Beach. Welcome to GFR. We should have done this in person. That's true. We should have. But that's just our MO. We, we live down the street from <laughs> each other and we see each other like three times a year. <laughs> I think it's the, just the, the sexual tension between us is so strong that... Oh, you're we were... just putting that right out there, right to start, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we were in the same room... It, it just... It's true. It would just be so overpowering. <laughs> it, it would be. So it's strong enough. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Well, <laughs> welcome. You're making me blush a little, actually. <laughs> well, what I, I, I do appreciate the comfort level that you and I have with our relationship and that we can flirt and have fun and just be beautiful friends and have that nice connection. And I really appreciate that about our connection. So thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And uh, that's why I'm glad to be here. It's one of the great things that we get to do in our business is that our colleagues also become our closest friends and advocates. And, you know, it's just, uh, I call that a big perk of what we get to do. It's really true. It's really true. And that is the vision that I, ha you know, we're inter I'm inter interviewing successful soulful entrepreneurs and soulful entrepreneurs are who's listening and and my vision of what is the high expression of a soulful entrepreneur is that they do just get to do what feels good and that when they flow with that, that's where the success happens. And so, yeah, so we're going to get fucking real uh, in, in pursuit of that. And so we're going to talk about so, a few different GFR moments that you've had along the way of your journey and um, even something that's opening up for you more recently. And when we touched on it in our prep, you said, yeah, yeah, I, I need to have that conversation. And so I feel like that's, that's a perfect sort of confession point too. Cause you know, we talk about on the show how uh, our confessions sometimes are just inner at first where we have this thought and we're like, Oh fuck, you know, like, and, and then, whether it sticks around, you know, is when it sticks around is where the change happens. But for a long time, sometimes they just float and they float out. So it sounds like you've had something floating in and floating out. And we're going to drop into that today, um, you know, for the benefit of you and the listeners. So I'm excited about it. So, cool. so, so let's dive in. So one of the, I find so many things interesting about you, Rich, but one of the things that I find interesting is how you wound up in California. And I feel like this is part of the arc of what we want to share because I, I feel like it really set the foundation in a lot of ways for your life. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was living, I basically lived most of my life in Florida, lived there for 30 years. And back in this, for maybe people that have known me, you might maybe heard part of this story before, but back in 2005, I was living, I was on the heels of a divorce. After my divorce, I moved to Key West, Florida, 
And if you're not familiar with Key West, it's a tiny two-mile by four-mile island uh, that you can drive to, but it's basically in the middle of nowhere. And it's a tiny little island, and I, I went there. The plan was to go there for one year to basically heal and, quote-unquote, find myself. Uh, about How six, old were you? I was 17. No, I was... Uh, <laughs> I was... How old was I? I think I was 33 when I got a divorce. Okay. This is like 20 years ago-ish. No, not even close. Jesus. No, it was... Uh, Wait a second. It was 14 you years. You were 32 and you just told me you're turning 50 in a few months. So yeah, that math's not... 17 years, not 20. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rich. Okay. It wasn't 20 don't, years ago. It was don't round up on me. So... <laughs> On the heels of my divorce, I moved to Key West to find myself and kind of start my life over. And as tends to happen as a man, I met a woman. Um, I pretty much found the prettiest woman on that little island. And my one year stint in Key West turned into three years. And fast forward to, it was October of 2005. Uh, some people might remember that Hurricane Katrina hit. That was... I think in August, a couple months prior, Hurricane Katrina hit and devastated. It went around Key West, didn't do a lot of damage, and obviously went on to devastate New Orleans. And then a couple months after that, another hurricane, Hurricane Wilma, came and made a direct hit on Key West. I had a house right on the beach, and the house was like below sea level. So this hurricane hit, there was a, about an eight foot storm surge, meaning that the entire ocean level rose by eight feet. Wow. And when you have a house that is below sea level, if you do the math, you might figure out that was a major, major flood. So the house that I was living in was completely wiped out. And basically every one of my worldly possessions was um, eliminated in that moment. And I'll never forget, I went, I didn't stay in the house when the hurricane hit, but I went back to the house the next day and I went to the front door of this home, which was a beautiful paradise with this tropical jungle of a front yard and a pool. And it was, it was a spectacular little house. And I walked in the front door and I noticed, and obviously that everything was just destroyed. And I remember I cried for like 10 seconds, like, holy shit, I just lost everything. And then immediately it was like, you know, like, it's just stuff. Like, I'm okay. Nobody was hurt. It's just stuff. But I took that as my sign to get the hell out of Key West <laughs> and, and to move to California. Now, at the time, I had two reasons to move out here. One was a business opportunity to help a friend of mine uh, start his coaching company, which I'd already been a coach at that time for uh, several years. And then the other deeper reason, and this is what brought me here to Laguna Beach, was that I had just connected with a spiritual teacher. Uh, he is a meditation teacher who taught me a very specific meditation technique that was amazing and blissful. And I literally bought a home five months after I moved to California, a block away from him in Laguna Beach, just to be close to him. Uh, and be in this kind of energy vortex here in Laguna Beach. So that was um, that was pretty profound moving out here. I literally moved to Laguna Beach, which is a California, with two duffel bags. I had a duffel bag in each hand, and that was everything that I owned in the world. And it was a very much a starting over moment for me. 
Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I feeling like I want to uh, ask you about something that you said in passing, but I think it's worth dropping into, which is your time on the island was supposed to be for a year, but as men do, you met a you met a you met a gal. Can you just I know because it sounds like you have some wisdom about that, you know, in reflection. Can you just can you share sure. a little bit more? Actually, I haven't told this story in years. This is I'll tell the story of how I met her. So I. I was just recently divorced, so I'm completely single, completely unattached. Looking back, probably had a lot of healing to do that I never actually spent the time to do. I did a lot of physical healing. That's when, when I moved to Key West is when I started really getting into a vegetarian lifestyle and meditation, and, and I went completely away from any type of a work style into a true lifestyle. And I haven't swayed away from those things. Um, but there's a, there's a good metaphor in the story, and I'm glad this came up. So I used to go every night to watch the sunset. And I would actually drive, even though I live close to the beach, I would get in my car and drive probably like a half a mile, a mile to this one spot. There was this park that uh, was a beautiful spot for the sunset. So I had this little convertible, and I would drive every day to this one spot. Well, this one day that I was going to drive to this beach to watch the sunset, it was super cloudy. So I was like, nah, there's not going to be a sunset. So I just got in my car and I'm driving around the neighborhoods. And if you've ever been to Key West, it's got these beautiful Victorian homes, beautiful neighborhoods everywhere. So I find myself on this one-way street. And I'm driving down this one-way street. And on the sidewalk to my right, I see the back of a woman. She's wearing a dress, which is odd because in Key West, everybody's basically very casual, but she had like this beautiful dress on and heels and it was a backless dress. So I just saw this beautiful V-shaped back and next to her is a black Labrador retriever, this black lab. So I pull up to her and she can kind of hear the, the, the engine of the car. So she slowly turns her head to look my way and she's got a, a beautiful face, long flowing brown hair, so she just was like beautiful and I pull up to her and I just, I choked. I completely choked and I gunned the gas pedal and I drove right past the girl. Oh my gosh. And I remember as I'm literally holding on the wheel saying to myself, what the fuck are you doing? Like your it was a metaphor, like your whole life you've driven past the girl, go talk to the girl. So I said, fuck it, I'm gonna go talk to this girl. So remember, I'm on a one-way street. So I make a right turn, another right turn, another right turn. Now I'm back on the one-way street and I'm trying to find her. Now I'm like stalker boy, right? So now she's gone, I don't see her. So I'm like, I was kind of relieved, like, oh, I don't have to have the pressure of talking to her and whatever. And then, but you know, this whole mind trick going on. And then I'm like, no, I gotta find her. So I pull up, I make a turn to the left and boom, there she is again with the dog. So she had gone off another street. So I turned again and I turned again. Now I'm going the wrong way on a one-way street. I was waiting for the wrong way thing to come in. <laughs> I'm totally going the wrong way on a one-way street and I pull up to her. I said, screw it, I'm gonna talk to her. And I'm, I'm absolutely not a guy that has ever been known to have pickup lines, but I pulled out of my, you know what, the greatest line ever, and I'll see if I can pull it out of my head right now. I, I pull up to her and I said, Let's see if I can say this right. I said, forgive me. I said, I just drove past you a minute ago 
and you look so adorable that I had to drive by and take another look. And I reach out my hand to shake her hand and I said, my name is Rich. She grabs my hand and the best part is she introduces herself with this thick Italian accent. She said, my name is Mauro. And I was just like, oh my God, like I was done. She's beautiful with a thick Italian accent. So then I'm like, now what do I say? So I hop out of the car. Remember, she has a dog next to her. I hop out of my car and I start petting on the dog. And I just started chatting with her. And I said something that probably sounded weird. I said, would you ever go out with a guy that you met on the street? <laughs> and yeah. she, she said, well, I'm not going to give you my phone number, but I'll tell you where I work. She goes, I work at this Italian restaurant down the street. And she says, you can come in and see me. I'm there every day. But, and then she says, real cute, she goes, I, she goes, I promise you one thing, I won't look as cute as I look right now when you see me in the restaurant. So like a dorky guy, I wait two days. <laughs> right, because you have to follow the rules. Right, what rules? So I, I go in two days later into the restaurant and I walk in and it's, it's Key West. It's like, you think it's hot here in the summer. It's like 100 degrees. And she's back there making the pasta with flour in her hair and her hair's a mess and she's sweating like there's no tomorrow. And I just looked at her and I said, I said, oh, you're totally wrong. I said, you look even cuter now. And so she was my reason. From then on, we just were kind of inseparable. And she was the reason yeah. we stayed for two and a half years. But I think the metaphor of the story is, are you driving past the girl in your life? And it was a pretty profound moment for me for, you know, taking the chance to, you know, potentially be rejected or who, who knows what would have happened. But it was kind of one of those fuck it moments, like, I got to go for this. And yeah. I love it. I, I, yes. Thank you for that. I thought it was worth going back to. So now you're in California and you bought a house in Laguna beach to, to be near this spiritual teacher. Cause it made you just feel, you know, awesome. And you wanted to get, you know, close to all that. Right. And you are close to the ocean, which is a through line to your story that we haven't touched on yet, which we will. Yeah. And you soon your coaching business turns into something else. And the, the, the piece that I, that I, that I want to get to is when the ocean and you're calling around the ocean, Yes. you know, like the conflict possibly that that has created for you. And then now your most current sort of uh, mission around that. So, so tell us about, you know, that arc of the story that is rich. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's pretty much my whole last 10 years of my life. So I moved to Laguna Beach to be close to this spiritual teacher. And I won't go into the great detail of it because I could literally spend hours explaining what happened there. But we, over time, had a big falling out. Um, which, I started... Well, in which I think that Yes, I, uh, this part I don't think is the main part. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that point where a teacher or a guru or a mentor, uh, our relationship to them changes. And it's actually part of our, our, our journey, our initiation to the next chapter, right? A hundred percent turned out to be that. So no, I'm happy to talk about it. I, I I think what it was before I physically moved here, I had him on this pedestal. He was the guru. He was the enlightened master. And we would meditate together 3,000 miles apart. And I would get into this state of bliss that I can't even describe. 
And it was a very simple third eye meditation that he led, but it was just, it was total bliss. And I would meditate like that's all I wanted to do for like hours a day. And then I moved here to be near him. And then we kind of started hanging out as friends. And I realized over time, like, oh, wait, he's just the guy. <laughs> he's a guy that's got the juice, right? The dude's got the juice. He's got crazy big energy that was initiated from his guru and the guru's guru. And it was a lineage that literally pre, I keep saying the word literally, it predates time. Like this lineage goes back thousands of years. It predates history. And it was handed to him and he handed this gift to me. And so I put him on this pedestal of like, I was so grateful. Like he opened a doorway that I never knew existed. And it was awesome. But then, I, and I got to know him and he was just the regular guy. And then there became like some ego conflict because he taught me to teach the meditation. And this is at the time that I started my own company and I started building my own pretty large following. So I thought he wanted me, he, watch, he taught me to lead the meditation. So what did I do? I went out and taught the meditation. It was like, this is, this is like spreading the love. Like this is what he wants. He wants to enlighten the world. And I was playing my role in that. So I thought, and all of a sudden he didn't like it. <laughs> uh, and I'm only telling my side of the story. I guarantee he would tell a whole different story, but it just felt like it, it yeah. created a lot of tension to the point where he, he threw me out of his organization. It's funny. Just before you said threw you out, I, I, I got this. You are pushed out of the nest, you know, pushed out of the nest, fly. Go fly. No, it wasn't go fly. It was, <laughs> I'm going to break your wing and then push you out of the nest. Wow. Like it, it wasn't go fly on your own. It, it was very, very, very painful. And it kind of, not kind of, it left me very disillusioned spiritually for years. And it was a very difficult blessing in disguise because what happened was as this was all going on, the economy, this is during the last major recession, some would call it a depression that we were in. So the economy is completely falling apart. Um, in that time, I left my old coaching company to start my own coaching company, which was a whole story in of itself as that is all falling apart. And I wound up moving to the house that I'm in right now, which is three blocks away from the other house. It's still right in the same part of town. You, you, Lisa, you've been to this house. So I move into this house right on the beach, having no idea that the beach that I live on right here happens to be like the perfect beach to go stand up paddle boarding from. When I moved in this house, I had never, ever stood on a stand-up paddleboard. So oh, I had I no idea. Never. I had, it was just the sport really was kind of brand new. Like nobody paddleboarded. And all of a sudden, you'd see these people walking on the water out there. It was kind of like, what the hell are they doing? So I had no idea this was the perfect beach to paddle from. There could be waves all over town. And for the, just the way our little beach is set up, there's hardly ever any waves. So I could pretty much paddle out any time of the year, any day of the year. The other thing that I had no idea on was that there are more species of dolphins and whales right off the coast here of Laguna Beach in Southern California than anywhere on the planet. So what would happen was every day I would get on my board and I'd start to paddle out. And pretty much every day I would see dolphins. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. 
And then I would look farther out to the horizon and I would see these spouts and they were whales. So pretty much every day for the last almost 10 years now, including this morning, I get on my board, I bring a GoPro camera that I wear on my hat, and I have a, another waterproof camera that I put in my pocket, and I go out there and I spend two, three hours or more paddle boarding. Most days I see dolphins and I go out there, as you know, and I, I shoot video and I take photographs of everything that I encounter. And what happened for me was that the paddle boarding became my meditation where before I would sit in meditation and just bliss out for an hour, two hours or more a day. Now I just do that out on the water. So it's become more of a moving meditation and it's become a calling. Like I heard a great line a long time ago now that the, the person who's called is always the last one to know. <laughs> <laughs> I like I've had people telling me for a long time, like, dude, this is your purpose. This is your real work in the world. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just go out there and I paddleboard. Like, what do you mean? They're like, no, no, this is your real work in the world. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And to be honest, at least I resisted it for a long time. Um, people always, uh, example, people always said, you should make a book. I, I basically would take photos and post them on Facebook. And people seemed to really like the photos. I was basically showing them something they normally wouldn't get to see on their own. So it's, it's, there's two camps. There's the my ocean loving friends like me who are addicted to dolphins and whales and they like seeing them, the photos and the videos, or it's people that maybe live inland or never get the chance to be out on the water. So they're kind of living vicariously through that. But either way, everybody seems to love dolphins. There's just a joyful animal and everybody loves them. And so I, people always said, you should make a book of your photos. And I resisted for probably three years. Well, like, and you were busy growing a million dollar business, right? Which is, right, so, 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 so pause for a moment because I think the parallel and the paradox that it created for you is actually a key part of your, your GFR wormhole because you're building this business by all external judgments is successful and why would you ever stop doing it? Sure. And in the meantime, you're getting up every morning and you're spending a couple hours on the water and you, you created the lifestyle that allowed you to do that. But for you, it was two separate tracks. It was the stuff and, you know, your relationship to the ocean and the taking the pictures and it's just for fun and all that. People are telling you, you need to do a book and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're growing this business and, and for, for you for a while, that one. So can you talk to us about the transition? Like yeah. pieces we're putting together in, in the story around the book and then, you know, your foundation and, 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 and running this business, but then also sure. getting clear that it's time to transition it to a new space in your life, you know? So the, I love it. So the reason that I resisted the book for so long was because that all of a sudden was, became, that, that would be a business. If I'm going to make a book and sell a book, now that's business. <laughs> I'm not going to, the ocean, that's my church. That's my oh, sanctuary. That's, that's my meditation. I'm going to sell that? No way. That, that was my point of resistance for a long time. But then I will tell you what happened. Four years ago, January 
2000, January to be exact, January 7, 2015. I believe it was a Wednesday afternoon. I paddle out on a beautiful day, just like today. And I had heard the day before that a pod of four orcas was seen off the coast of Long Beach, which is about 30 miles north of here. And at the end of the day, the pod was seen heading south. Now up to that point, I had paddleboarded with about every species of dolphin and whale you could think of, including blue whales, which are 100 foot long whales, gray whales and humpback whales and minke whales, um, dolphins from bottlenose dolphin, common dolphin, Rizzo's dolphins, like 10 different species, which we get here. Everything but orcas, killer whales. And I would have dreams about killer whales all the time. So I'd heard this pod was in the area 30 miles away the day before. And I'm like, oh, how cool would that be to, to paddleboard with these whales? So I paddle out on that afternoon. And when I paddle out, I look to the horizon about two miles offshore. And I see about eight boats just sitting there. And what I know is when there's boats moving, like whale watching boats moving, that means they're looking for something. But when they're just sitting there, that means they got something near them. Now, this was a, in January, and as you know, it gets dark at like 5 p.m., and it was already like 2 in the afternoon. But I said to myself, maybe that's the orcas. And I'm like, I'm going to go for it. So it's about an hour, maybe a little less than an hour paddle to get out there two miles. I paddle out there, and sure enough, it's the pot of four orcas. It was the most beautiful conditions. The water was clear. There was no wind. The light was perfect. And I shot this pretty pristine video of these four orcas. And one of them three times comes right up to me, comes under my board. At the very end of the video, you can see the orca come right under my board and misses the, the tip of his fin, misses my board by like an inch. And then he pops up right next to me. And this moment, it was, I came back home and I looked at the video, I'm like, oh my God. And the funny thing is, most people don't know this part, I did not share that video for several days. Not only was it like this incredibly intimate moment, but on top of that, I, had, I knew that, I'm like, if I put this video out there, I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat. For whatever reason, people get weird with me sometimes because I get so close to the animals. And like, I'm like, I'm probably going to catch a lot of shit for this. And I don't want that. So I showed the video to a couple friends and they were like, dude, this is like the coolest thing ever. Like you have to share this. So what I did was I went down to the beach right here and I shot a 90 second intro, just me looking into the camera and I made it all about the whales. I didn't want to be crazy paddleboarder risking his life with these killer whales. I gave a jab to SeaWorld and said how no human being has ever been harmed by a killer whale in the wild, only in captivity. And then, so I had this 90 second intro and then I showed two minutes of me paddling with these whales. And long story longer, the video went insanely viral. Like you couldn't buy this amount of publicity. Like. It went within 24 hours. I was, what's the word? I was trending on Facebook. It ran hundreds and hundreds of articles, every online publication on the news. Like it was just nuts. And then like two days later, I was sitting in this very chair in this, in my home office here. And then one morning I, I got contacted by essentially every organization that I would ever want to connect with. They all contacted me. 
it was Save the Whales and PETA and Blackfish and Mission Blue and The Cove, like all these major, you know, Save the Whale, Save the Animals organizations all contacted me. They wanted to run the story. And I'll never forget, I was sitting right here bawling my eyes out. And that was my moment. Like, okay, I get it. This is not just an accident that these animals are in my life. I, in that moment, Lisa, I decided I'm going to make the book, Blue Laguna, which I did, and start a nonprofit, uh, which I did also called Project O. And so that's kind of how the whole hobby meditation on the water turned into um, what it has become. Now, that was a few years ago, and it's taken as anything big takes to evolve. What I got clear on, the last part I'll share now, I think it was about two and a half years ago. I was in a mastermind with uh, a very good, uh, I won't share the specifics because it was a very private mastermind, but it was a, a very good mutual friend of ours in a private mastermind group. And in this mastermind, we do these love seats, like a hot seat where you get to go in front of the group and ask one question and the group coaches you on it. And I, I remember I, I was about to do a launch. Now at this time, by the way, I'm running a yes. seven, I'm running a seven, that part. <laughs> watch this, I'm running a seven figure business, JV Insider Circle, that makes me hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that I only need to work about 10 to 15 hours a week to lead, that I basically delegate everything else out so it runs kind of regardless of me. Um, at that time, I would have told you it was my dream business. I'm making money, barely working, making a big impact, and people love it. Like that was like the pinnacle. This is as good as it can get, right? So right. I'm at this mastermind and I'll never forget. So we, you go up in front of the room and you have a partner. My partner is Gina Gabellini, a dear friend of both Lisa and I. And you give the question that you want to ask to your partner and your partner is supposed to read it. And then everybody coaches you on it. And I wrote down, I was at a launch coming up and I wrote down some question that was like a strategy question about the launch. And as Gina and I are walking to the front of the room, I, I take, watch, I take this, um, you can't see me, but I took this piece of paper and I just, I said, I said, Gina, let me have that sheet of paper. And I rip it up. I said, I don't want to ask that question. And I get up in front of the room and I pretty much, I'm sure broke down in tears. And I said, as much as I love my business, it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not what I'm supposed to do. And I basically, that right there was my, in a private setting way of sharing, like. That was I, your I, confession. Let's get was, to it. I like that word. For the first time in my life, and I think I was probably 45, I have figured out my soul's calling. And I have to go follow it. And I'll never forget the person that led the mastermind, oh, I, I don't think there's a problem sharing, it was Justin Livingston, who is not only one of my closest friends, but one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. Mine too. <laughs> After the, my little love seat, he hands me a piece of paper. He's like, dude, you figured out your life's purpose. Most people never figure that out. He goes, 
if it means letting your business atrophy, that was the word he used in the note, let it. He basically said, burn the fucking thing down. Who cares? Because you know what you're supposed to go do. Now, here's the best part. I figured out a way to not burn the thing down. So what I did was I, this took a while to all figure it out, but I've now brought in a new business partner to build that back up even bigger than it ever was before with me being almost exclusively removed from it so I can still create revenue and have an impact business there while I go off over here and, and do the work, Lisa. I want to be clear on something. It's not, I'm going to bring this whole thing full circle. It's not just, oh, I got to go do this work because it's my soul's calling. You know, save the dolphins, protect the ocean, whatever. That's all great. This is, in my opinion, there is nothing more important in the world right now than doing work that's going to help protect the world, right? Like, I'm trying to create something that's going to live a lot longer than me so that your beautiful daughter, Bella, has a healthy world to live in. I believe we're at a point where we no longer have the luxury of time. I believe that if changes are not made, like we're, you know, you want to get fucking real? I think we're, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the earth is going to spit us human beings off of it because our world is not meant for 9 billion of us crawling around doing what we do, just sucking up all the resources of this planet. Either the earth is going to spit us off or we're going to figure this shit out. We're going to figure out how to live in a sustainable way. And so I hope we can figure out the second one, which is to learn how to live in harmony with the earth. So my sole focus, which is an apropos word I would say there, is yes. to do this work to protect the environment, to protect the ocean. For me, it's all about the dolphins. If the dolphins didn't show up in my life, None of this is happening. So at the end of the day, that's all I really care about is those, those amazing dolphins out there. And so this is the work that I'm, I'm doing. And, and to bring it full circle, as painful as it was to be, to be thrown out by the, the guru years ago now, I, it, maybe, maybe he's smarter than I ever gave him credit for. <laughs> because now I get to do the work that I do without trying to be like the spiritual teacher. Cause to me that always felt like there was like, a, it was an ego thing. Like the, the idea to put myself out as this teacher, this leader that way, I don't know. It just felt so, it just, it didn't feel pure to me. But now what do I do? I just share what I see when I'm out on the water and I do what I can to try to make a difference to protect the ocean. So it's all coming from a place of love versus ego, hopefully. And I hope that people like you, Lisa, and other dear friends of mine, if you see me acting in a way that feels like ego, come whack me in the head, because that's <laughs> not my intention. It's about, it's about love. So there's my full circle. Ah. This is cool. I've never, I don't really get to sit around and have this conversation a lot. So as I'm hearing myself talk, I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yes, I love it. And I'm loving that many of our guests are having epiphanies and connecting dots during these interviews that 
our listeners get to, you know, witness. And of course I get to serve you as my friend and, and my fucking most favorite thing to do in the world is have awesome, deep conversation with open-minded, you know, people doing their work. So like, you know, let me, can I, can I share one more thought since it's in my head and it might be a connect the dot thought for me, I was willing to walk away from, like I said, my dream scenario running JV Insider Circle, I was willing to walk away from it because I felt like there was something more important that I was supposed to be doing. And my sense is there's a lot of people, hopefully listening right now, and a lot of people in general that might agree with me that the world's in a funky place right now, right? From environmental stuff to, I mean, my God, I I try not to watch the news because it's kind of scary, but racism to... uh, poverty to on and on. There's like all these issues. And all I guess what I'm saying is if you know there's something that you're supposed to be doing that maybe is bigger than what you're doing now, and maybe you're staying safe out of fear or whatever, I would just encourage people to really look at that and have the courage to step out of your little safety net into something bigger because the world needs you. People need you. People are suffering out there right now. I think they really are. And whatever we can do, uh, I I heard a quote recently that I love that was, does your work help some or does it help all? I don't remember where I heard that, but I was like, oh my God, the work that I'm attempting to do, whether people know it or not, it's intended to help everybody. You know, if I can make some difference in making the world a a safer place, a, a more sustainable place to live, like, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm going to go spend the rest of my life doing that. If I don't make a difference, at least I try. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I only really, I only care about three things. My own personal health, like being as healthy as I can so I can enjoy this life as long as possible. That's number one. Number two is love, loving everyone and everything. And then three, trying to make a difference before I go. Truth. Preach it. Rich, preach it. I love it. I love, I love everything you're saying. And I love that our listeners are going to get to hear that calling up and calling out. And many of our guests are doing the same and they're doing it on the topics of health and spirituality and relationships and, you know, all, all of the things that we see on the news. So you're, you're helping me drop into like a, an, an even bigger purpose, right, is to, it's not like I'm not connected with the fact that this, the show is to inspire mission-driven entrepreneurs to keep going in right. light of all the obstacles and to know that whatever they've gone through, people have gone through even more, like that, that I'm connected to. And sure. then I feel like I'm connected to just like a save the planet, save the world, also contribution, because if, if, if everyone listening actually had the courage like you, and I want to get into a little bit more of what it took for you to do this, but if they had the courage like you to answer the calling, right, to do the thing, if everyone listening let that confession that they had in the shower, in the bathroom, in the car that day, bubble, bubble, bubble up so they couldn't fucking ignore it anymore and actually did the thing, if we all did the thing, and put out there the thing that we, how we want to heal people or the planet or whatever, like, I, I can't even, my body cannot even contain the possibility of, of that 
transformation. To to realize the thing, that's the gift. And it took me, you know, half my life pretty much to, to discover it. And then it's like, okay, I have to go act on it. How could, how could you not? I have to. Yeah. Scary. Well, so let, yeah. Let's talk about that because, because there are, so, I mean, the GFR commandments that we, you and I got to talk about before, and I'm holding up to the video for those that are seeing the video, the commandments are all about confronting what is between the having awareness of what we're supposed to be doing and doing the thing, yeah. right? So the way that you're telling the story, which I know is not the case, so I want to dive into the details a little more. It's like people say, oh, I started in my garage, now a billion dollar company. I'm like, can you fill in the blanks, you know? Yeah. So like the commandments, we call it the roadmap for getting real. Like the commandment, it, the commandments are that roadmap. The commandments are a way for people to check in and be like, okay, what the fuck is coming up for me and keeping me from doing the thing? Let me get real about that. And like for you, I asked you prior to the show, I'm like, which one speaks to you? And you said number seven, which is trust yourself, trust your gut. And the confession question, which each commandment has, which allows people to like check in and be like, is this the one I, I should be looking at? What is my intuition telling me? What yeah. does my heart say? So when I think about that period of time where you had that, okay, I, I just, I can't help it. I need to do this thing and I need to let the other, you know, I need to be willing to let the other thing go. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit? Can you like, like as if I'm zeroing in on that piece of your map and then I'm enlarging it? Like, yeah. because it's not easy, Rich. Everyone's saying, you can't just do that. I have family to feed <laughs> and kids and a husband and, you know, a house, whatever, we're telling ourselves, which are yeah. so convincing. So can you, yeah. Cause I, you know, I could look at you, Rich, and I go, well, you're a single guy. You had money in the bank. You don't, you know, no big deal. Like tell us why it was a big deal and what you had to overcome to make that shift. I think it boils down to the word trust, like trusting that I, I have to trust that if I'm willing to walk away from everything, everything, all the security to go over here and do this work, that that's so much bigger than me. And that God, the universe, whatever name you want to give to it, will take care of me. And what I know also is that anytime I get in my head, which believe me, I do it all the freaking time. And I'm like, can I do this? And who am I to do this? And how could you walk away from that? Or, you know, all the stories go through the head. Anytime I get in my head, I have to stop myself and realize, oh, you're thinking about yourself right now. <laughs> and what I then do my best to do is stop thinking about what's in this for me and focus back on the bigger question of who can I serve? Who am I serving? What's the mission? And just take it off of me. Does that make sense? Like, just, it's, it's not me. It's, it's so. Well, and, and what I'm hearing you say is that when you do take it off of you from, and here we go, moving from ego to love, which is what you talked about around being a spiritual teacher, teacher, focusing on ego versus love. When you personally rich, take <laughs> the focus off of you, which I could say is ego, right? Yeah. Focus yeah. on love, the bigger purpose for you you feel, okay, well, this is, this, 
I, I'm as a higher calling here. So it can't, I can't help, it can't help but not be successful or be right. the right thing. Correct. And that gives you peace and helps you to move. Yes. And at the same time, I don't just like, oh, I'm not just sitting on a rock all day on the sand and staring at the ocean and it's all just going to happen. Like I've taken, I, 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 when I'm able to step back and look at the progression, like, oh, why did I learn all this stuff about joint ventures, which is my core business? which is all about working together and collaboration. Why did I learn about internet marketing? All these things that I've used for years to build my business and create some success. Now I can take it and just move it into this ocean conservation space that I find myself in. Into your church. Into my church, bringing together nonprofit organizations, bringing together experts and leaders and people that are out there providing solutions to the problems that the ocean faces using these internet marketing techniques that you and I have been using for years to build a large community, to create a movement. It's, it's literally when I'm, when I step out of it and step back in this moment, talking to you about it, I'm like, talk about divinely guided. Like I can literally look at, Oh, that all makes sense. Yeah. Like it's all been just divinely guided. And now what's my job to be able to see that and then just move it a little bit down the road, a little bit down the road. Makes sense. Total sense. Yes. <laughs> What'd you say? You're shaking your head yes, so I'll assume you that makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. It total sense. And this story is among which will be dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, but right now it's probably one dozen of stories that this show is going to illuminate the same fucking thing, right? Nice. It is the that it is we are being divinely guided and we can, and when we can get out of our own way and folk in this case we're talking about going from ego to love and we can get to that place that there is a divine design and in retrospect it will all make sense and sometimes retrospect is one week and sometimes retrospect is a year or two and that's what i feel like you're here representing and i feel like you're dropping into in a new and even in a new clarity uh in this moment i am Lisa, and i, I want to thank you um i'm not going to share any details, but Lisa, you know that I've been going through a, a very difficult personal time lately. And when I look at how much pain that's created for me, that's all ego. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's all ego shit. So to be able to even just talk this out with you is very therapeutic. So thank you for that. And it helps me to, you know, let's take it back to meditation. A third eye meditation is really, in my experience, it's me being the witness of me it's like the higher self me witnessing the lower self me and just blasting that lower self with all this love and i for sure have been totally in my head which is pure ego for a, a while now so to be able to be in this conversation and kind of talk it out um this is cool so send me your your uh, send me your therapist bill i'll, I'll happily pay it <laughs> <laughs> queen of clarity right here uh, i love it it's funny because most of our conversation rich and i most of our conversation is we do audio uh texting and, and regular texting that's how rich and i usually communicate it's like why do we get on the fucking phone <laughs> we could have you know there's there's some a power that's talking things out for sure yeah yeah i love it one thing i wanted to uh contribute around the idea of 
coming from love and the bigger purpose that it serves is someone gave me this, oh, I think it was a, a, a author, Tosha Silver, um, gave me this notion of I'm on, I'm on the divine's payroll huh. or I'm on God's payroll. And yeah. for some reason that just, cause my, my, my current, or let's just say past, we'll just own that. So in the past, could have been this morning, but in the past, um, my Achilles heel is money worries. And that's the thing that uh, dims my spark, that can derail me, that can have me go into fear. And for some reason, knowing that I'm on God's payroll, which I fucking am with this mission, I so believe it with all my core, just like you, you you are with the ocean, like, like that, that speaks to me. Like I'm on God's payroll. Like can't lose. You can't lose. You can't lose. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I just wrote that one down. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Right. I really like that one. So, so we're wrapping up here and I want to, what do I want to ask you? <laughs> <laughs> Make it good. What? Okay, if you, would you say it better be good? Maybe good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you knew then, uh. you could pick the then. If you knew then what, what you know now, what advice would you give? What advice would you give yourself before you had this, you know, epiphany, this, this clarity around going for it? What? Because I feel like that's going to really touch the people that are in all different um, points on this journey that we just talked about. So if you knew then what you know now, what advice would you give that person, that guy? And now I'm singing, you know, the song Ooh La La by Rod Stewart? Yeah. You're gonna At sing least it? I knew what I know now when I was younger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, if you heard, you, you know the song. If I sang it, everybody would, would, would turn off the podcast, so I won't sing no, it. No, we don't want that. Okay. No, we don't want that. Um... God, that's a tough one because what immediately went through my head was that I wish that I figured out this soul's calling when I was 20 years old instead of in my 40s. But then it's like, I don't even buy that because it's like I had to go through everything that I went through, through the divorce and the hurricane and the old business falling apart to start the new business and all these things that we told in a hundred other stories that we don't have time to get into like i had to go through all that all the heartbreaks that i've been through in my life like i mean a lot of this is just pain that is a destruction of the ego chipping away at it to get to the core of who we are as human beings um so i don't know maybe you would tell him that say that again maybe you would tell him that what you would tell him what you just said which is all part of the deal yeah, whatever struggle you're going through right now, your heartbreak, hurricane, guru breaking up with you, yeah, all of that, you would say, what I'm hearing you say is you would say to that self and any other soul that's listening that needs to hear it is it has a purpose. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Everything has a purpose. And then gratitude, like, are you kidding me? I get to live on the beach and go play with dolphins every single day of my life. This morning, I was out there for almost three hours. It's sunny, glassy. Well, you all are, I want to give people a picture of what I'm looking at with you because they can't see you. And this whole interview, so Rich, 
is the top floor of his house, which has a view where he could see the ocean. That's where his office is. I've been there. And he keeps his arm keeps gesturing and he keeps looking out the window and gesturing because the ocean is like right there. It's yeah. right there. It's so it's so it's been part of this conversation physically almost this whole conversation. And so you were about to you're turning towards the window and you were gesturing your arm out and you were saying just this morning you were out for three hours. <laughs> I'm just saying how blessed I'm like, yeah. I'm it's funny. I, the other day on the beach, I had a conversation with a friend where I, we were just sitting on the beach at sunset and there was like nobody down there. It's just the two of us. And I just, I had just come off the water and I looked at her. And I'm like, damn, we are so lucky. And she shook her head. No, she's like, we're not lucky. So what do you mean? I'm like, we get to live here. We get to do this every day. We're so lucky. She's like, no, we created this. Yes. She's like, we created this reality. She goes, we're, she goes, if anything, we should be grateful. And I said, I said, okay, fine. I said, I feel lucky and grateful. It's all, it's all good. So I just, I think we have the power to create whatever perfect lifestyle we want. For me, it's a beach and life, a beach and ocean life for everybody listening could be something totally different. So I think it's, what would my closing thought be to um, decide the lifestyle that you want and create it and if you don't know what your soul's calling is, your life purpose, meditate on that every day and just ask. Ask until the answer shows up and then have the courage to follow it. Get the support like I got with Lisa and all my other amazing friends to when the doubt and fear creeps in to follow it anyways. I'll have that support. But um, yeah, and this life is short, man. Life is short. Life is very short. And so we have to do what we can to figure out what we want and go for it. That's all I would say. That's beautiful. I think that's a perfect note to end on and underscores the purpose of the show beautifully. And thank you for having this conversation with me, my friend, my brother, and I love you and appreciate you. I love you too. And thank you for anyone listening. I love all of you and um, anything I can do to support you. That's, that's what I live for. So thank you everybody. What a fun conversation. So great to have that space with my friend and so awesome to see him have his aha moments. And what a great appeal that he made at the end to us all around life is short. And if you have a notion of what your purpose is, live it. If you don't <laughs> figure that out. And what I will add to it is a way that I have created to help people that want to take some action, that want to make even a small commitment around taking action on their own GFR moments and their own confessions. That is our GFR squad membership. And our intention there is to help those of you that want to live this lifestyle or at least like subscribe to the notion that life is fucking short and that you want to take some action around some changes in your life. Put some skin in the game, just a little. It's only 20 bucks a month to join us. And we have monthly calls. We are enjoying the bonus content from each of our guests. Let me tell you about Rich's bonus content. That's just for our GFR squad. It's called, what are the dolphins communicating to me? <laughs> he said that's like the top question that he gets all the time. And he gets, he has fun answering it because he... And I'll just let I'll just let him tell you if you if you jump into our squad, um, go to gfr.life forward slash squad, 
and fill out the form, put your credit card in, put a little skin in the game, and head on over to our Squad Quad Facebook group, and you'll get to hear what he says about what the Dolphins are communicating to him and all the other fun, bonus, juicy content that's in there. Also, let me tell you how to keep in touch with him. Um, if you're interested in his JV Insider Circle teachings, all these links are in our show notes. Another way to keep in touch with him around his ocean conservationist work and his nonprofit Project O is to go to richgerman.com. And his book, The Blue Laguna, is there. It's a beautiful book. I was to his um, launch party in Laguna Beach. It was such a cool thing. And that was, I feel like, his gateway into really owning this in a bigger way and seeing it as not just being you know, his church, but actually being part of his mission. So you can check that out and enjoy that. And again, links in the show notes. And the GFR commandments, his was number seven. If you haven't dove into those yet, that's another action that you can take that would show the university mean business around this conversation and living your life with no regrets. Get the roadmap for getting real at gfr.life forward slash 12C. Also link in our show notes. Download them. And I know it's crazy. Print them out. <laughs> we have this whole thing about printer ink and blah, blah, blah. I think this is worth it. Print them out. Take a look. Dive in. And I look forward to having a conversation with you about which ones are speaking to you. All right. Bye for now. See y'all next week.